Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston. Uh, for those of you that like to call in, if you're listening live, uh, the phone number is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. Uh, if you're listening live uh, today, which is August 3rd, 2022 at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, noon Pacific time, and if you're listening to the podcast, obviously you can't call in because this would have been pre-recorded. Uh, but you can send me an email if you have any questions, and my email is fhuston f h u e s t o n at gmail dot com. You know, th- this topic today is, is something that um, I've discussed a lot in the past. I cover it a lot in my uh, inspection seminar that I do every year in Vegas. And uh, one coming up next year is going to be in February. I'll talk more about that a little bit later on. Uh, But I've been watching the news and I've been noticing all this flooding that's occurring uh, throughout the U.S. right now and, of course, in other places in the world. But um, one of the things I got thinking, you know, especially with the flooding that occurred out in Vegas, you know, Vegas gets on average, I think, of about – four inches of water a year. So here in Florida, we probably get that in one day. But anyway, I noticed watching the news and looking at some of the YouTube clips and everything of all these bloggers in Vegas, all this water coming down and, you know, just a massive amounts. And, and I got thinking, these poor folks out there probably have no clue. They're going to go ahead, back all that water up. Um, they're going to dry everything out and replace maybe some drywall or some other things. And uh, they don't have a clue what can possibly happen to their stone and tile, you know, especially marble, especially all the natural materials, but also on, on stone materials. Because a lot of damage that's caused uh, by flooding, uh, it won't happen immediately. It happens over time. And I've seen situations where, you know, a, a floor became flooded. And a year later, they start seeing some weird orange staining that occurs or yellowish staining that occurs, uh, having all kinds of issues with their grout. So what I kind of want to do today is kind of take a look at some of the issues that can happen to a flooded natural stone and tile uh, floor when it occurs. Many, many things can occur. And I'll go over them one by one. And again, if you have any questions uh, during the live uh, live uh, presentation here, then call in three two three nine six eight. Okay, let's look at uh, several things. Let's look at the, uh, and these aren't necessarily in order as as to the most important or uh, you know whether these will occur first. But uh, one of the things is a condition we call efflorescence. 
And those of you who have listened to my show before know what efflorescence is. Uh, for those of you that may be listening that have no clue what that is, basically what happens is when water, moisture gets into the stone and the setting bed under the stone, it dissolves salts. And those salts will actually work their way to the surface of the material and deposit on the surface as a powder. And that powder is what we call efflorescence. Uh, it can be, you know, a very light, fine baby powder, towel-type powder, if you will. Uh, if it's a hard, crusted-type growth that's occurring, that's not efflorescence. And, you know, a, a lot of people confuse that with efflorescence. F true efflorescence is, a, is what we call a soluble salt. In other words, it'll go to the surface. It'll be light, very light uh, in consistency. It can be any color. Uh, I've seen yellow, I've seen red, I've seen brown, but generally it's a white. It's like a whitish, maybe slightly yellowish, sometimes tannish uh, type powder. That is efflorescence. And what's happening there is, again, the water is getting into the setting bed, possibly even into the slab if it's gone that deep. And as the stone is drying out, it comes to the surface. Now, in a case of a porcelain tile or a ceramic tile, you're not generally going to see that through the tile, but you will see it in the grout. So, and a lot of times it's invisible. And, and what I mean by invisible, it's very difficult to see, you know, especially if you have a, a light colored grout, a lot of times you won't notice that. Now, if there's a dark colored grout, sometimes that'll appear as a discoloration in, in the grout. So what I want to do, for, especially for you restoration guys that are listening out there, is, is also provide, you know, what's the cure for this? You know, how do we resolve this? If you're a, a, a building owner or a consumer, you'll want to know, you know, who do I call uh, and how long do I have to wait for this problem to be fixed? And probably more importantly, and I get this a lot with insurance claims, is that can it be fixed or does it need to be replaced? Now, in the case of efflorescence, in most cases, it can be fixed. And there are some examples of where it can't be fixed, and I'll get to them in a minute. But let's first talk about how do you cure efflorescence. Well, you can go on Google. You can do all kinds of searches on Google, and you can get all these efflorescence treatments out there, and they really don't work that well. Well, I should say this. They work, but they work temporarily because the cause needs to be, needs to be tackled first. You need to find out, you know, where's the water coming from? Is the water completely out of there? So... In many cases, the real cure for, 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 for I'm going to have tongue twister here, folks, for efflorescence is just to simply let it dry. Uh, wait, uh, just wait for it to dry. Now, as it dries, uh, you may see more and more efflorescence. You can just simply sweep it off, buff it off, dry mop it off. Uh, you want to be real careful with uh, adding more water to it. Uh, I've seen people go in there with uh, copious amounts of water. And all that does is contribute to the efflorescence even more. What you don't want to do is seal it. You don't want to put any kind of coating, any kind of stone impregnator on it. That's just going to make it worse. It's not going to allow the stone, the grout, or any of the poor surfaces to actually dry out. So, you know, you want to wait. Uh, how long do you have to wait? That's the question most of you may ask. And that's just a, a factor of how much water is in that particular uh, uh, installation. So you need to ask the question, you know, how much water got here? How long did the flood occur? If it's a flash flood, it only occurred over a few minutes, that's one thing. But if it's water that's set on that floor for any length of time, 
It's saturating not only the, the stone and tile, it's saturating the setting, it's saturating the slab underneath or whatever the substrate is underneath, and you end up with, with an issue with, uh, with efflorescence that can take a very, very long time to dry out. I have had cases where it has taken literally over a year or more for it to completely dry out. So you have to be careful. Now, here's where, you know, when I was watching those news articles on these floods that occurred out there in the Vegas casinos, I was, I was thinking, well, what's going to happen now? They're going to clean it all up. They're going to dry it. They're going to replace carpeting. They're going to replace drywall. And, and basically all they're going to do to the stone is possibly just, you know, mop it at the very least. And, uh, you know, they may get a restoration guy in there to, to actually do some polishing on it if, if it needs it. But what's going to happen is it's going to look good for, for a period of time. And that period of time can be a week. It can be a month. And then all of a sudden, they're going to start seeing an issue. And that issue may be efflorescence. And they'll be scratching their head trying to wonder, you know, where's all this, you know, this powder? Where's all this, uh, where are all these deposits coming from? And they need to think back until when that floor actually got flooded. And in this case, here it is. Uh, when did this occur? This occurs in, occurred in July. It, you know, it may not show up till the, uh, till the fall sometime uh, or, or even later. Uh, so very, very careful when it comes to efflorescence. Now, I've written this all down in an article, uh, a, a very brief article. I think it's like three pages long. But if anybody wants a copy of this article, I'd be more than happy to uh, email you a copy. Uh, just send me an email to fhouston, that's F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. I'll repeat that one more time. That's fhouston at gmail, F H U E S. T-O-N at gmail.com. Now, when does efflorescence become a problem where you have to replace the stone uh, or the grout or, or whatever? And that is a condition we know as subfluorescence. So let me try to explain this, uh, what happens with, with subfluorescence. When you have these salts that travel to the surface of the stone, and they deposit on the surface of the, the stone or grout, uh, you have a condition known as efflorescence. But what if those salts don't quite make it to the surface? In other words, they become trapped in the pores of the material. What can happen is those salts will begin to develop. They begin to build up. And you can imagine if you were to look under a microscope at a crystal of, say, table salt, and you dissolved it in water, and you've actually watched that crystal grow, it's going to grow. And what can happen is that will cause pressure within the pores of the stone, causing the stone to what we call spall. In other words, it'll pop. It'll, it'll create a little crater. A little piece of stone will come off. But it's a condition in the industry we call, call spalling. If that's the case, that's very, very difficult to repair. Sure, you can go in there and you can fill it. Uh, all the little chips that occur, the little spalls that occur, you can fill it with, with glues, etc. But the problem there is, is you haven't solved the problem. You haven't eliminated those salts. Now, there are techniques called uh, rendering, which can go, you can go in there with uh, deionized water, flood the floor again, and it's a hassle. And many times it's more expensive to do that than it is to actually uh, go in there and just replace the, the material at that particular point in time. And again, all this depends on the volume of water that is actually sat on that particular installation 
which causes the causes the problem. Now, not to mention if it's if it's not under a concrete substrate, if it's under a wood substrate, of course, you know you can have warping that that'll occur, and that's a whole other subject uh, altogether. So, the efflorescence and subfluorescence issue. Uh, there are ways to detect uh, salts, and there are ways to detect the type of salts that you can occur. And uh, I just don't have the time in this show uh, to go over that, but we do go over that extensively in my uh, my troubleshooting and, and inspection seminar for those of you that are interested in taking that particular seminar. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, we're going to talk about yellowing and discoloration, uh, particularly on uh, stone surfaces like white Carrara and things like that. So. I'll be back right after this. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro, MB Stone Care, Bondstone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio-based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESP sales.net that's espsales.net Alrighty folks uh, we're talking about what happens to your stone and tile floors when they become flooded and some of the, the, the things that can occur uh, and again I'll say it again may not occur right away you might not see it right after the flood it may it may take weeks months or sometimes even years probably one of the biggest things or biggest issues I see with flooding particularly on certain types of stone uh, for uh, on white marble, for example, this happens a lot, is a condition known as yellowing. Uh, you'll get this yellowing, light yellow discoloration, and if you let it go, it slowly becomes brown, and if you really, really let it go, it'll become red in color. And basically why this occurs is because these white marbles, as well as any uh, uh, most of other, other stone, but it shows up particularly and white materials is iron. Uh, iron is one of the natural minerals that occurs in there. And I've actually done several articles just on this topic. And what happens is the iron begins to oxidize. In other words, it's rusting. And what you'll see is this yellow discoloration that, that starts to occur, a very, very light colored yellowing that, that occurs. If you see that, uh, you'll want to ask, has this material ever flooded? Is there a water source? And it doesn't necessarily have to be flooding. It could be a leak in a pipe. It can be uh, even on new materials where we've seen, you know, moisture issues in the slab itself, which, again, is a whole entirely uh, different different subject that we can delve into for hours on end. But, you know, from the standpoint of flooding, uh, what happens is that water sits there. It reacts with the iron, begins to oxidize, and it starts to rust. And the question I get Again, with insurance claims from homeowners, from building owners, and even from you guys that, that do restoration contracting out there, is can this be fixed? And again, my answer to that is, first of all, you need to find the source. You need to find, and I don't necessarily mean the source of, of iron in this case. We know where the source is. It's in the, it's in the stone. It's in the, it's in the material itself. But, you know, how much water is in there? Here's where you need to break out your moisture meters uh, and, and start looking at, you know, how uh, do we determine if the water is still present? And again, we teach this in our class. Can it be fixed? That's the question. And my answer to that is sometimes it can, sometimes it can't. Now, I've done cross-sections of material 
where you'll actually take a piece of marble, cut it, and actually look at a cross-section. And uh, most of the time, that oxidation will occur at the surface because that's where the oxygen is. And if you catch it quick enough and the floor is dry, it may be able to be fixed with uh, certain types of uh, iron-removing techniques. You know, poulticing is one. I've discussed that in several of my, my shows in the past. Uh, that's one way, uh, and even some rust removers, uh, a light acid wash on, on certain materials. Of course, you know acids go into etch materials, uh, but a lot of times, um, I, I, I hesitate to use the word a lot, but in sometimes uh, it can be reversed. As long as you found the source and you're able to eliminate that source, in this case, it's going to be moisture. Moisture is still present. It's going to continue to oxidize. So, you know, from a restoration standpoint, if you have a customer that calls you and wants that yellowing removed uh, and you're successful at removing that, I would give no guarantee that it will not come back. So when you're looking at, for example, an insurance claim, and this is something I, I recommend to anybody that files an insurance claim where you have a particular issue, is that don't sign off on it just yet. You know, a lot of times you'll get a flood that will occur an insurance adjuster will come out and say, okay, it needs to be uh, cleaned up and dried out. You know, you get a restoration company to come in there. They come in, they, they clean it all up, they, they dry it out, and bingo, here's your check, you know, bye, bye, bye. And then a month, three months, a year down the road, you start seeing this oxidation that starts occurring, and then you're, you're basically screwed at that point because you've already signed off on that, that insurance policy. So uh, make sure you're, you're well aware that this yellowing, this discoloration can occur a very long time after the, after the initial flood. And the way to look at that is like, you know, when your car starts to rust, uh, if you don't remove all that rust, what will happen is it will continue to rust. It's like a cancer, if you will. And the same thing will happen within uh, this particular type of stone, which is your – I've seen it on granite as well, uh, but white marble seems to be the primary culprit when it comes to this uh, discoloration and yellowing. Okay, so let's move on. Let's move on to the next thing that can occur. And again, this may not occur right away. And that is a condition known as warping. And warping occurs on green marbles or serpentine marbles. Uh, it'll occur on some agglomerate materials. And there are some limestones that will actually warp. Seeing more and more materials come out now that are starting to experience some warping issues. And uh, this technically, for those of you interested, is a condition known as hysteresis. And uh, it, it basically... It, it, it changes the, the mineral positioning of the stone itself, and it, it releases tension, so it tends to warp. So if you ever walk into a floor and you see tiles, serpentine tiles, green tiles, that are, are cupped on the, on the ends, uh, that's a condition known as, as hysteresis or warping. And, of course, that can be caused by using the wrong setting mortar. Uh, you know, uh, water-based setting materials will cause that to occur, but it can also occur with flooding. Uh, so a lot of times if a, a, a setter goes in there, sets out a material and he gets away with using a, a good setting material that's water-based and it doesn't warp, and then a flood occurs, warping can occur again. And I've seen that in several situations. Um, now, the short answer to that is, is can it be fixed? Uh, the short answer is no. Uh, at that point, my recommendation would be to replace the material. All right, the next topic I want to talk about is it's kind of two topics. I have them in my article. I have them uh, as two different categories, but I'm going to combine them as one, and you'll see why in a minute. 
and that is erosion and hollow sounds. And, uh, you know, erosion is real simple. That's where water erodes away at, at the material. Now that, and in this case, we're talking about, you know, the setting material. Can, can a marble and granite be eroded? Of course they can. You know, look at the Grand Canyon. That's a perfect example of what erosion can do. But generally on a floor, that's not, you're not going to see that type of, type of erosion unless there's a river running through it for a long period of time. Now, fountains are another story. And we'll cover that on a different show, a whole different topic altogether with, with the proper use of materials used in fountains. Actually, I need to make myself a note of that because that would actually be a good, good topic to talk about. Um, but where I get a lot of... Uh, Experts, as for a matter of fact, that will tell me, oh, uh, well, you know, this particular floor has flooded, and now I've got all these hollow spots. And those of you who know what hollow spots are, that's areas where there's no mortar. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a void under that installation. And I always laugh at that. And I laugh at that because what is a setting mortar? Setting mortar is concrete. It's Portland cement. Portland cement is hydraulic. What does that mean? It means it will set up underwater. As a matter of fact, water will make it harder. So if the floor is hollow, the flood did not cause it to be hollow. It was hollow to begin with, and people are using that the flood as an excuse to have their floors replaced because the tiles were hollow. So I get this all the time with insurance companies that say, oh, you know, we had a flood, the water heater broke, uh, you know, rain came in, the roof leaked or whatever. Now my floor is all hollow due to the flood. BS, the, the, the hollow sounds were not caused uh, by the water and by the flood. It was caused by a crappy installation. Uh, it was just not installed properly uh, to begin with. So, uh, again, now there are ways uh, to actually look at hollow, hollow tiles. You know, there's the the sounding test that we use all the time. Again, in our, our seminar, we talk about that. Uh, I also use a technique I've used over the last couple of years uh, using infrared photography, uh, which works really, really well uh, for determining hollow spots, uh, particularly on walls, but it'll work on floors as well. And if you want to learn more about that, um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about the seminar here after we're done with, uh, uh, with, with this particular topic. Uh, now, uh, another thing, and actually the last thing I'll talk about when it comes to surprises is what we call mineral crusts. Uh, the old guys will usually call it a lime putty. And you see this a lot on slate stairs. You see this a lot on exterior stone where you see a hard calcium assault buildup uh, usually coming through the, uh, the grout joints of, of the material. This is not efflorescence. It's a buildup of what we call lime. And it usually occurs because the installation got wet and the wrong setting mortar was used. In the old days, a lot of lime mortars were used. And you see this in a lot of historic buildings. So you end up getting these, uh, these, these crust, mineral crust that, that kind of ooze out of the material. And the only way you remove those is obviously you scrape them away and uh, you can use an acid on it depending on the type of stone that you're dealing with. Um, but, uh, you know, generally they will disappear once all the minerals have been exhausted, have been uh, taken out of, the, out of the material itself. So just over time. Again, don't seal it, don't whatever. So I guess in conclusion, I want to say that, well, first of all, let me give you the phone number out real quick in case anybody wants to call in with a question. Uh, the number is 323-870-3968. That's 323-870-3968. Um, but, you know, in, in conclusion, if, 
if you're a homeowner, if you're a building owner, a building manager, uh, has something to do with a commercial building, a casino, a hotel, or whatever, uh, or a restoration contractor, uh, don't assume that since the floor flooded, that when you clean it up and it all looks nice and pretty, that the problems are going to go away, that the issue is solved. It may not be. And now, and quite honestly, it could be. It just depends on how much water was on that particular floor. But you can end up with all these problems that I discussed here uh, that can occur after the fact. So be extremely careful. And that's the, that's the point I want to get across here. Uh, if in doubt, you know, call an expert in, call a forensic expert to come in, do an evaluation uh, on, the, on the material to determine, you know, is this going to be an issue or is this not going to be an issue? Is it something that can be repaired? Or does it, in fact, need to be replaced? All right, I'm going to take another quick break here. And when I come back, uh, we'll wrap things up and call it a show. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains, Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Tough Skin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate product. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Tough Skin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F SkinProtection.com to learn more. All right, folks. Uh, I hope that uh, uh, gave you some information on uh, what to do and uh, some of the issues that can occur uh, with flooding on stone and tile tile floors. Uh, again, I've mentioned a, a several times in the show about my upcoming seminar. It is going to be in February, February 6th through the 9th, I believe it is, uh, in Las Vegas. And that's a troubleshooting and inspection seminar on stone and tile issues. Uh, it's a great seminar. If you want more information on there, uh, just go to my website, which is stoneforensics.com. That's stoneforensics.com. And just click on the, uh, the training tab, education tab up there, and it'll give you all the information you need. You can always give me a call. Uh, my cell phone number is 321-514-6845. That's 321-514-6845. Uh, I only take a very limited number of people for this seminar, and I'm starting to get a lot of calls on it. Uh, so if you want to uh, get into this seminar, uh, register as soon as you possibly can. Uh, I only do this particular class once a year. That's only once a year, and I do it every year in, in, in Vegas. So, folks, and until uh, next week, uh, thanks for listening. Keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, and fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. Ready to take your skills to the next level? Visit GetTrainedToday.com to learn about e-learning and hands-on courses offered by the Surfaces Learning Institute. Learn from industry experts the skills needed to start offering stone and tile restoration or take your existing skills to the next level quickly and with a solid foundation. More advanced courses include commercial maintenance, inspection and troubleshooting, historic property preservation, how to become an expert witness, and more. Training offered at the Institute goes well beyond essential restoration and maintenance skills training to include a variety of other relevant topics for growing your business and leveraging your skills. For example, essential marketing or how to become an expert witness. 
All training is reinforced with resources and tremendous support to help you hit the ground running with confidence. Visit GetTrainedToday.com to learn more. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.